All right, and we are back. Um, as we last left off, uh, Ozzy, you were uh, negotiating for a uh, new costume uh, with the seamstress. My future oh. wife. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as this is occurring, uh, Maisel, Mom boring. <laughs> what are you guys doing? You've just you've just left uh, Demita in the care of uh, the local doctor. What do you do? Uh, so I want to cede to um, Drang here, but I just I'll I'll put the um, uh, the atmosphere out there that I would imagine Maisel, uh, when confronted with like, oh, this person who I just decided decided was really important to me is going to die, um, would like try to bury herself in just activity. So she is, I think, looking at Drang for like, I will do whatever you want to do. Dragon has no idea. <laughs> like, mm. okay. So I mean, Paisa uh, said we would be required to speak to some someone. I have forgotten him. Was uh, not listening. This evening, I, I think we we have some time to to mm. to get get things done for the next leg of our journey. We uh, it. It seemed like we needed a tent. We we should get some um... shopping. Yes. Hmm. Let us go shopping. That that. We also I I broke something of yours. And... Well, if we we should keep our eye out for a big magic stick. We but... shall keep our eye out for a magic stick. Yes. Are you well, Maison? You are. I'm fine. We have we have you things are... to do, right? We have a lot. We have a lot to do, and we should get to it. There's no use in uh, dw- dwelling, and if if there was, we well, we wouldn't get anything out of it, right? Mm, perhaps, but it is. It is also. All right to be worried, Mazel. I too am worried about the young one. But what? What are you worried about? Hmm. The doctor said he was fighting for his life, so I am not concerned that he will lose it. He does not seem the sort to lose many of those fights. But I would like for his injuries not to be severe. We'll start with the tent, right? Yes, let us start with the tent. Good. Okay. Um, so whoever wants to kind of lead the search for a place to purchase said. Yeah. Um, yes, Maisel is um, traipsing for, like... I think Maisel is leaning into some of her uh, uh, habits. She has started to shed a little bit, which is like, I am just going to be uh, cocksure and um, probably stupid about it to just like, I am going and finding and getting a tent, damn it. Okay. Make a um, make an investigation check to uh, through just the, the walking about the town, locate the yeah. shop. Or a shop, rather. Uh, that's a natural 20. I could find a tent shop in my sleep. 
Yeah. You don't find a shop specifically for tents, but you do find a general store called Callan's Crate, uh, which is just off the main thoroughfare. Uh, bright as day, you just see it immediately. Um, you don't even see the sign at first. You just, like, catch a glimpse through, like, the front like front window and are like, oh, that looks like a general store. That's it. And without even thinking twice, walk right up to it. And never once reading any sign, reach for the door handle and open it. And there it is. A, a proper general store right before you. Um, yeah, I push in and uh, I, I push the door and step in and I am standing in there looking back and, and seeing if Drang is either behind me or has fallen behind or is like part of this. Yeah, Drang is following, not particularly quickly. Drang is still very much off in her own world, but Drang's there. Okay. okay. Um, I, I push in. Um, uh, a halfling woman with her hair tied back in like a bandana is like milling about in the interior, like organizing and dusting and like arranging the shelves. There's a bunch of like circular tables in the center of the room where goods are kind of stacked around the exterior of them in a, in a circle. Um, and the whole thing is just like a menagerie of different, uh, traveling goods, um, clothes, camping gear, uh, really anything you could imagine. This place is, like, stuffed full of just shit. But all of it practical. It's like they took, like, the goods of, like, two different general stores and crammed it all into one building. That's convenient. She says, oh, uh, hello. Welcome to, uh, Callan's Crate. Hello. I'm, I'm Brooke. Pleasure to meet you both. Maisel, I ask. She holds her hand up to shake yours. And she shakes Good it. To, uh, meet you. Pleasure is mine, and you are a large friend, very large friend. Oh, my, <laughs> my apologies. I am Drang of the, the short days. Drang, got it. What can I help you two with? We are midway through a journey. Uh, well, a, a handful of journeys that take us through here, and we have been traveling without a tent. Which we realized was a. That's 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 right. And no matter what happens um, in this town, that's that's what we need to get out of it. Um, so we need a tent that'll fit. Three. Uh, she looks at Drang uh, to see if she like would ever actually even use the tent. Maybe two. Two tents to fit to fit four of us. All right. I'm, well, I've got a couple of different things to choose from. Um, normally, most folks' gen- journeys tend to end here. Not many go much further, so you'll be in need of something. Um, well, I'll show you. I'll show you what we got. So over here in the camping section, we've got um, we just got your regular old two-person tent here, and she sets down this roll, this bundled roll with like rods uh, tucked inside of it onto the counter at the back of the shop. Uh, this will fit too. Uh, maybe only one if there's someone as large as yourself, and she gestures to Drang. And then we've got a four-person tent here, and she sets that one down on the counter, and it's just a bigger bundle, um, strapped with, like, leather, like, belt-like straps. And then she pulls, um, digging through, like, a crate just off to the side of the, uh, the counter. She pulls the, the lid off, um, as it's been recently opened, and she says, we just got these in recently and she pulls out this little box and sets it on the counter and it's only about like this big but it's a little latch top box 
with this intricate little like carving on the the lid and she sets that one down this one this one's special this one's good for up to 10 people uh Maisel picks it up before she even asks and it's just like holding it around how does how does it work well um i've got the instructions here somewhere i haven't played with it just yet um and she pulls out a little like book that's just like a little like like uh thread bound notebook and she flips through it and she pulled it out of the crate from the like mess of like shredded uh like um packing material and she flips and she says ah so there's a a command word and when you speak it that one transforms into a massive uh heated tent with a furnace uh coming right up the center that seems like cheating doesn't it well it's not cheating if you buy it you paid for it (laughs) how's that i mean you know roughing it living living in the, the wild why would you want to live in the wild have you seen it out there it's terrible all right how does it work what's the word oh um so regular two person tent ten ten gold no 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 i said what's the what's the word how does how does this one uh you know operate she flips through the book again well you see if you say it while you're near it it'll it'll activate i'd rather not that that happen inside the the shop Maisel is walking outside with the box. I oh, that's a that's expensive. Heated. It's not cheated. I well, come with. I want a demonstration. Damn it. Okay. Um. Sure. Of course. And she like uh, tightens her apron and like starts following behind, um, and steps out the door, following you. <sighs> and she's like nose buried in this tiny little like booklet reading how it works and she says well you need at least a 30 foot radius so it's just um here i guess is big enough great uh, and she just tosses it down uh, and she yeah she hears strength saying this <laughs> um <laughs> The command word is uh, Arius. Does it happen as she says it? Oh. And the little ring on the top of the box lights up, and there's this massive poof of smoke. And the entire area is just, like, filled with this giant cloud of smoke that slowly begins to drift down the, the road until it dissipates entirely, leaving this large circular like tent that comes to a point at the top with a large uh like metal chimney poking out of it and these two like this big curtain like entry in the front a bit ostentatious isn't it she tent and she walks up and she pulls the curtain open and there is inside uh, a large uh like 12 foot by 12 foot like rug and there's a whole like dining table that fit that seats four and um two uh two bedrolls already like unrolled and laid out and a sure enough a little like uh stovetop furnace with a chimney leading up and out 
Um, yeah, Maisel ducks in and like gives the the old once over um, and looks back for how much? Well, f- this one is is um, two hundred and fifty gold. Mm-hmm. The tents, how much of those? Oh, the 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 smaller is ten, the larger is twenty. Sure, those don't have heat. They don't have rugs. They don't have what? How? Why are they worth anything at all compared to this? Well, why not only I, sell this one? Isn't Drag this is just staying a, outside? Uh, <laughs> Drag's not even going in. <laughs> Doesn't like it. Aren't you just selling uh, real estate? Aren't you just she taking land? The, and she says the command word again, and it folds up and like. All the fabric like swirls around and then vanishes inside the box. Do and I get out of it first, or did I just die? Oh, she, like, <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't let anyone in. Um, I assume oh, this was, okay. she just kind of okay. like opened it and like looked inside. Um, she didn't really step inside. Um, and she. So I don't die. Happen? Just I'm gonna no. write that down that I'm not yeah. not dead. She walks over and picks up the box. Oh, my notes. And she holds it. Uh, to her chest. She looks at you, and she walks to the door of her shop, opens it, closes it, locks it, and turns the sign around to say closed. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we should go about finding that thing I broke, hmm? That may be... may be difficult. Um, it is well. To share uh, a tent with... Were you Maisel- to share a tent with Ozias, it would... be... bad. Maisel starts walking away and then, like, turns on her heel and goes back and starts just knocking on the door. Uh, mm. Also, Maisel, make an intelligence okay. check for me. Okay. <laughs> oh, come on! It's a seven. Okay. <laughs> All right. Nothing to mention. Great. You knock. No response. Sorry, like, knock, slam, like pissed off knock no response okay okay absolutely none in fact like you can see her like behind the counter like putting all the tents away and like putting the box back in the crate and then she sees you through the window and just glares before walking behind the counter into the back room and closing the door our friend is dying uh she just stomps away from the door um okay Ozias, you and Hope stand in the drawing room. And she pulls that little stool out and sits down with her pad of paper and her charcoal pencil in hand. And she sits down and crosses her legs and sets it in her lap. And she looks at you and she says, Tell me, Ozzy. Oh, sorry. Tell me, Ozias. What do you imagine? for this persona? Um, well, I, uh, 
I need this persona to show right away that I I am not to be trifled with. Okay. That I am a bad guy who can roll with the rest of the bad guys. Okay. Make a <laughs> make a make a make a just general charisma check. Great. I'm good at those. <laughs> uh, 15. Okay. Continue. All right. Understood not to be trifled with. Really want to sell the bad guy image. Anything else I should know of? You said Infernal Plane. What do you have in mind? Any details? Uh, you know, how about I give you the name I'm thinking for the persona and you, uh, you take some artistic license with what you think that means. Sure. What's the name? The name is The Infernal Pain. Oh. I see. And, Mr. Ozius, any particular colors or motifs we'd like to, to focus on? I'll do my best to flesh out your vision, but I'd like a little more to go off of. You're not giving me much. I know that you want to be a bad guy, but I need something to grab onto. I need a, a piece. At least something to, to start with. The core of this identity. I, I understand what you mean. So, you know, you hear Infernal Pain and you think red and black, right? Okay. Red and black. Any but let me hit you with this. Oh, please. <laughs> uh, some gold in there. Maybe I'm a prince of hell. Make another charisma check. Sorry, I keep closing my app for no reason. 14? Okay. And she nods and she starts sketching. And she says, and any particular wow factor you want. Something that really just like makes it stand out. Like that one thing that just pushes it up above the rest. What is it that when you step into the ring, you want everyone to walk away saying about you? Um, can you give me a floating crown of fire? Make one more charisma check for me. <laughs> Just straight charisma, you said? Yep. Okay. <laughs> 21. <laughs> she nods. A floating crown of fire. And she's sketching. She sets it down on, a, on the little cart next to her and she says, Ozzyus, why are you here? so far north, asking for such a strange thing from a stranger. You seem to not know me, but you <laughs> found me nonetheless. Very fortuitous, one would say. What has brought you so far north? Um, I pull out my, uh, my rusted ring. suppose I really know what that is. But I don't doubt it holds some meaning to you. Would you care to elaborate? Um, I'm a man who's on a job because he owes 
he owes a little bit. Um, but even worse, some people know some things about him. Do you catch my drift? I suppose I do. Artis, my services don't come cheaply. This consultation has been a courtesy because you've entertained me. But when it comes down to brass tacks, I... Well... I'm not cheap. What are we, uh... What are we talking? Normally something as embellished as this, and she looks at the... She tilts the notebook and looks at it. Would be one of my most ambitious works. Normally I would say a thousand gold is a fair price for something so ostentatious. But again, you have entertained me. And in my time I've spent here in the North, no one has really successfully done anything worthy of my talents. People travel from very far to have work done by me. The greatest fighters in the Riverlands and the Empire both wear work that I have made. But here in the Dominion, it seems like unfertile ground. There's a small fighting ring here in town, but they've squandered it. I will make you a deal, Ozius. I will make this for you, and you will owe me the cost. In repayment, but I will give it to you for now. Provided you make something interesting here in the north. And you promise to come back and pay me once you've made something spectacular. Well... I can tell you one thing, Hope. I am nothing if not interesting. I can tell. And she stands up and she kind of like pulls off that like scarf that she was wearing and she sets it down on the cart and she holds her hand out to you and you can see that on the inside of her arm there's tattoos in uh, some sort of language. What languages do you know, Ozzy? Um... That's a good question. I think I I obviously know common, um, but I don't know if I ever picked another language, to be honest. Okay. I don't... Um, I'm not sure... Because my, my race doesn't come with a language. Uh, or it comes with whatever language. Etc, uh, etc. Et <laughs> yes. Um, let me take a peek and see if you're... Your class doesn't give you a language, because it's not... So, yeah. Um, no, it does not. What's your int? My int is eight. Same. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, then. Uh, you don't recognize the language. And she smiles, yeah. and she takes your hand, and she shakes it, and she says, Please, um, in such company, I'm better known as despair. Kiss! They kiss already. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Ozzy uh, does the like, you know, action movie like yeah. wrist grip shake. Very, <laughs> yeah. very platonic. 
she yeah <laughs> she gets it like in there and she shakes it and she's like why do you hate us <laughs> uh, uh but yeah she yeah. she uh she says you may call me despair uh i look forward to working with you despair um the travel clothes uh what'll that run me i assume the that's a separate cost 20 gold and I will make something befitting of your presence. Grandeur. Right. Presence. <laughs> yeah. I, I fork over 20 gold for sure. All right. She says, come back in a day. It won't be the fanciest thing in the world, but it'll be better than the shit you'll find in other stores. So, <laughs> I, uh, as I said before, I look forward to our ongoing partnership. Um, keep an eye Me out too. for the infernal pain. I will. Pleasure doing business with you, Ozius. I have work to do, apparently. Until tomorrow. Um, Until tomorrow. Yeah, Ozzy rolls out uh, and unlocks Zeph. <laughs> He's just like sitting there, like leaning as far <laughs> as he can with his arm like taut. <laughs> Quit being a drama queen, Zeph. Are we leaving? We're leaving now, right? You were in there a while. Did you guys like? I don't know. Whatever. What? What are you implying? I don't know. You were gone for a while, and she didn't come back. All right, that's enough. Let's go get you a shower, Stinky. <laughs> He's not great. He's not well kept at this point. <laughs> You've been traveling a while, uh, and the cold did a good job of hiding the smell because no one can smell anything <laughs> when it's freezing and their nose is running. And now that you are in a warm room, it's like, this guy needs a shower. Yeah. <laughs> I figured it had been a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's, he's like, so yeah. All right, sure. Where are we going? In? What's up? Yeah, my plan is to head for the inn, but I do want to have a conversation with Zeph on the way over. Um, okay. Um, yeah, so on the way there, Ozzy is like, um, so, uh, you know, don't think I've forgotten about why we're here. I haven't either. Uh, you know, your friends obviously would have seen that the, uh, anchor was in bad shape if they came through, uh, anytime near when we did. Probably, I don't, I don't know. Look, I, I told you before that the Weald was where we were supposed to meet, and we had no plans beyond that. Anything else that they're doing at this point, I'm not in on anymore. They're, if they came here or any further north, they're making those choices on their own without me. I can only be so much help anymore. I know you're not going to let me go, but grilling me about them isn't going to get you anywhere. Uh, hand me over to an affiliate and let them do whatever they want with me, I guess. Hmm. Not yet. Would you have had any contacts in this town? No. None at all? You didn't do any business? No. 
I never came this far north. Gunner's Holt was the furthest north I'd ever been. The ice field was an emergency thing. It was supposed to be if something bad happened. We weren't even supposed to go there originally. All right, all right. Look, you're not giving me much work with you, so uh, here's how things are gonna go. We're gonna get you to an end, we're gonna get you cleaned up, and then I am going to give you a crash course in promotion. What? Uh, you'll see. Uh, I don't feel very good about this. <laughs> it's gonna be great. You say that, and it never is. <laughs> uh, I think Ozzy is already just off thinking about his own thing. Where are you? <laughs> Don't leave me. <laughs> and he starts following behind. All right. Uh, Maisel, 16. You are yeah. able to locate another general store. Uh, this one is just uh, is called, what's a good one? Let me think. Yeah, there we go. Um, this is called Admaris General. Okay. And um, it's like the other one is just a regular general store, a little less packed to the brim, a little underwhelming after seeing uh, Cowan's crate, but average general store. Um, okay, I step in and do the same kind of thing, seeing if, if Dragon's behind me. Okay. Uh, it's and being, how close? It's being uh, manned by two uh, half-elves, a man and a woman. Uh, they are standing at the counter, uh, talking to each other. Uh, when they see you enter, uh, the man is the first to speak. He has black hair that's sort of slicked back. Um, he sees you enter and he says, Hail! Welcome to our store. How can we assist you today? Hello, I'm... Um... I need gloves, not for me, but for someone with uh, larger hands. Do you have big gloves? We have men's gloves on the wall if you'd like to pick a pair. Uh, mostly leathers. Uh, we have a few that are uh, uh, wool-lined, a little warmer. They're a little more expensive. That's fine. To carry. Okay. They're... Please take your pick and bring them to the counter. Um, anything else that you're looking for? Do you sell tents? We do. We do carry a small amount of tents uh, in stock, and he gestures to the woman standing next to him who has sort of like a dirty blonde hair. Um, he says, Dear, can you um, check to see if we have tents uh, available? And we just received some new crates in uh, yesterday, right be- right there. And she kind of steps behind and opens, um, opens one that's already been opened the night before, and she pulls out a couple bundles and sets them on the counter. And he goes over and starts giving her a hand, putting them on the counter. Kind of as he assists you, he looks over his shoulder and he says, uh, How many are you needing? For what what size? Uh, we just got restocked, so we're in progress getting them out. Um, <laughs> she looks to Drang, who's slowly putting her fingers up. If you share a tent with... I suppose, no, this is where Ozius was coming. And there... It's... <laughs> but, yeah, Drang just kind of trails off, I think. Just like, oh yeah, Ozzy's only We need room for here. four. Uh, 
four. One large tent, two that are smaller, whatever works. We Okay. We need room I, for that many. I do think we have a four-person tent. Um, yes, here we go. And he sets one of those larger bundles down, and he says, This is a large tent. Comfortably fits four. How much? Uh, 20 gold pieces for this one. Mm-hmm. And do you have smaller ones? We do. Two-person tents. Three, if you really want to squeeze. I suppose you could fit more in the larger as well. We'll take the small two of them and the gloves. Trying do you need anything else? No, I am... I am... Fine. I am fine. That's Goth, the, uh... The yellow one. Yes. How much is that? Uh, just a few silver. Um, all together, if you were going to get everything, I would round it to 22 gold. Done. Very well. Was there anything else that you were looking for today? Or just that? Mm. You've been a tremendous help. Uh, I think she scoops the things up and... Uh... I think as she walks out, I I want to see if there is anything that looks very warm. Um, like a, uh, I'm thinking a, like a, a, one of those, like, double hand muff things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's totally um, one of those. Or like a, okay, one of those then. Yeah. Um, and it catches her eye. Yeah. Yeah, an arm too. Uh, a finger trap, but too big. Um, yeah. Wrist trap. Yeah. Yeah, you, you find uh, it. And on the way out, she she sees that and goes, uh, it's just like, it catches Ryan's like, this, uh, um, this as well. Another two, two gold, if you could, then. Good. Um, and hands it and is... Hands it to him and like with no more words grabs it. What's uh what's the what's the passive perception of both Drang and Maisel? Um fourteen. Uh thirteen. Uh the woman standing next to the gentleman, Drang, you hear this. Uh Maisel, you do not. Um you see her just like lean and whisper in his ear and she says, I told you someone to buy it. You said it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and you walk out with your goods. Um, okay, so I, uh, I suppose I'm uh, leading the, the charge outside. Yeah. Uh, at this point, with the, um, the, the searching that you've all done, um, collectively, it's been a couple hours. It's getting into uh, nearly noon at this point. And uh, you can see that people are beginning to... Um, sort of uh, recede from the streets and go back into their shops. Most of that early morning business has receded and the the streets are mostly quiet aside from the occasional, what looks like a guard. They're just wearing like furs and and leathers with like either a sword or a spear at their side, but they don't, they're not wearing like a uniform. Occasionally you catch a glimpse of an individual in that plate armor. One for every 10 or 15 regular people you see there is one of these individuals in this plate mail. And each one you see is always clad in armor that is completely unique. None of them are the same. 
they always have these embellishments or accents or specific kind of like designs or shapes to them that stand out amongst the rest. What would you like to do? Um, I just want to point to the nearest and not even looking at what the pattern is or what the, um, the, 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 the um, design is. Mm -hmm. um, just aimlessly ask Trang, does that uh, mean anything to you? Mm. It does not. I, I do not know much about the mortals of the North. If you'd like, Kat, you can My do a check. Yeah. If you'd like. My mortals are all on the islands. Eight. Not sure. Um, you are Eight? aware of the existence of the, uh, the Black Iron Legion, because you're from this area. It is common knowledge that they are a thing. But details about hmm. them uh, are not not your kind. Kaisa mentioned Deb. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. These aren't my mortals. I don't keep track of them. <laughs> this one's mine. <gasps> I have ones back on the, like, I don't think Drang knows much about the people of the far north. Gotcha. Yeah. So. Okay. Um... I'm gonna look to drink again. Is there anything you want to do? On I can keep finding us jaws, but perhaps not. I. I. Sorry, I have much. You perhaps a hot bath. We should find quarters, yes? That's a... <laughs> now that's an idea and a half. Edge of the World is hosted on Shortwave, but Shortwave does way more than just host our audio. Shortwave builds our feed, gives us audience analytics, packages our player, and gives us a free website, too. But the coolest thing is that Shortwave stitches our content together automatically, so we can do things like swap this ad out for another one whenever we want, or change the outro on all of our episodes at once to announce new projects. Whether you're starting your first podcast or migrating your incredibly successful one over, Shortwave is super easy to use and comes with a free 14-day trial at GoShortWave.com. That's G-O-S-H-O-R-T-W-A-V-E.com. Get started with hosting, syndication, analytics, web players, and dynamic content stitching at GoShortWave.com. All of you, with the time at your hands, which you have plenty of, uh, search the town of uh, a roasted all and find yourselves in the town center hub and right in the center of this large open area, uh, at the, the back of it is the central longhouse that was mentioned to you to be the Iron Hands longhouse. And kind of in a circle around this area, there is a smith's, an armory. There is a tavern. There's an inn. There's a couple small general stores and some regular uh, 
abodes of uh, citizens of the town. And as you, Drang and Maisel, enter this area, you find Zeph and Ozius already standing in the center of this, this major plaza uh, <gasps> in search of something as you all enter this main area. Uh, Maisel walks up, silently hands the gloves to Ozius. What a... What's... You didn't have any. That yells. Oh, why are you giving me these? She walks back to drink. (laughs) I I think Ozzy follows Maisel and is like... Okay. (laughs) What? Uh, Yeah, she turns around. Why... Why? You didn't have gloves, and you needed them. You bought me I bought gloves. you gloves. Maisel, I just paid... Uh, thank you. Hmm. That's very kind of you. Uh, and Ozzy puts the gloves on. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. We... Um, came to seek quarters? Uh, We also came to do that. Mm. Mm -hmm. What a fine coincidence this is. (laughs) Couldn't have planned it better ourselves. Oh boy. So, uh, I mean, I assume this is the smartest place for us to say this is where the meeting is tonight. Is that, am I remembering this correctly? Yes. Um, the, the Iron I, specifically, is what Kaisa had mentioned. Okay. Um, Dylan, is I, the Iron Head a place or a person? Make a history check. <laughs> I'm going to roll one, too, for fun. Yeah. You said history? Mm-hmm. 16. The Iron Hands are the chiefs of most of the settlements in the majority of the Great White. So the major cities on the sort of western border near the two capitals um, and the towns and villages that are spread out within the Great White sort of have a bit of a divide between them. Uh, The Iron Hands are essentially one half of the um, governing body of the Uden Dominion. They make up one branch of a dual branch government. Specifically, there are 12 iron hands, each one sort of holding dominion over a specific town or settlement. And then they themselves make up a council called the Iron Council that helps govern the actual country of the Uden Dominion. The iron hand here in Arostadal is the one that you know that Kaisa is speaking of. She mentioned him to be Iron Hand Balasan. You also know that Yua's last name was referred as Balasan. So it was a pretty good check, is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> Damn fine roll. Um, I, uh, I think maybe we should talk shop before we uh, head in. Hmm. So. We did some shopping. <laughs> I also did some shopping. <laughs> I see. 
Uh, you guys are Zef, gonna love Zef this. chimes in and he says, we. <laughs> I was like, I'm about to buy you a shower. Calm down. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, what is you two's plan? I return to court because I am called. You're going to have I not have I. (laughs) I I actually don't know if we've discussed why you're doing what you're doing. I think I just always assumed that you were uh, you had Mm. some sort of greater purpose. You seem like a greater purpose type. (laughs) (laughs) My greater purpose is to help the little ones throw off the yoke of oppression by means often of violence. But if I am called to court, I must set my greater purpose aside and return to court. Right. Uh, You're just going to go there considering what happened at the wheel? It will be more difficult to go there, but it may be also more important. What if you're walking into an ambush? I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to speak untoward about your people, but uh, if whatever attacked was able to do that much damage, uh, we don't, we don't know what could be happening at the court. We don't know where they went next. Uh, the court is. Mm. I had thought out of the reach of many mortals. I hope that I am correct in this, but I am growing concerned for my home and people. Uh, Understandably, you don't... I mean, I mentioned earlier, but whatever happened there, you know, there's... This is the closest civilization to the Weald. Um, mm. Somebody involved had to have stopped here at some point. Uh, you don't think we should do some investigating while we're here? I would... I am not good at... I should. Yes, you are correct. Yes. Uh, I can help you. I got a thing. <laughs> I would appreciate that. Thank you, friend Ozius. Ozzy, what's your passive perception? And Drang, roll a wisdom saving throw for me. My passive perception is a 10. Okay. Um, even despite your kind of, like, narrowed focus, and you're, you're not the most aware of your immediate surroundings most of the time. You're kind of a, Accurate. a, a one-track individual. Cat, <laughs> your result? 23. Okay. Um, uh... Ozzy, Druid. Despite, despite this, um, you do still, for a brief moment, see this like faint shape, like a person floating above Drang, and then the wind catches it and it just vanishes. Uh, Drang, you feel this this feeling kind of welling up in your stomach, like there's something coming over you, and then you suppress it and it's gone. But there's just like this thing in your stomach that crawls up almost like there's this lingering like 
something sad. Like you remembered like you remembered a sad memory all of a sudden, but then it's gone in an instant. I Yes, would be grateful for your assistance. Thank you. Um Yeah, I mean I got I got kind of a whole thing planned here. I don't know how much you two wanna know about it, but I think we could uh kill two birds, one stone, as it were. Uh, no, I know this one. <laughs> I know this one. This is, yes. Yes. I am interested. Myself? What's, what are you doing? I've Not asked you what you were birds. doing, but <laughs> no, thank um... That is the trick. Uh, it is an idiom. <laughs> Should we be speaking about this out out here? Is oh, I mean, all these people are going to find out about what I'm doing eventually. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Ozzy! So, what are you doing then, Ozzy? Uh, I'm bringing the fights north. So what are you doing then, Ozzy? <laughs> Yay! Um, so you know how I traveled with the carnivals and fought? You know about this, right? Yes, we've spoken. Uh, I'm gonna do that, but here. Ozzy, who are you going to fight here? Well... This is the two birds. These kind of events, especially if they get word that they are, um, you know, operated under the influence of a certain criminal enterprise, uh, and Ozzy flashes his brooch, <laughs> um, they tend to attract a seedier clientele. Um, so I'm thinking we get this thing off the ground, we spread the word, uh, we gather everybody that might have any information about what happened in one place. Where else are they going to go? Have you seen this place? It's a dump. But are they going to buy gourds? I don't think so. I already bought them all. Oh, so you bought one gourd. I bought all the gourds while I was away. Maisel, you weren't with me all day. We were not. It's true. <laughs> what happens a- to the town, though, Ozzy, if you're bringing... The seediest of people. Well, I mean... To a point here, what... I don't know how many are going to travel all the way up here. There's fights everywhere. My plan is to concentrate all the seedy individuals who are in and around this town into one location. You catch my drift? I do. Once we've got them all in one spot, we get information. How? You can't just punch information out of people. Well, I mean, I'm going to be doing the punching. You two are going to be getting the information. <laughs> so, you you thought you would loop us into this plan once it had already started? Well, it hasn't started yet. I'm telling you about it. I purchased a costume, if that's starting. You what?! 
Yeah, uh, have you ever seen the fights, Maisel? No. Does it look like I've seen the fights? I truly don't know what it looks like you've seen. Ozzy, <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you doing in this town? You've told me you were bringing him somewhere. You told me you were stuck. What is uh, your plan here? People will fight Zav. That is his punishment. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. I see. No, hold on. That's not I understand now, yes. No, wait, no. Two birds. Two birds. Two birds, exactly. and I am not a bird. We are not literally throwing stones at birds. Fear not. <laughs> Will they throw birds at Zeph? Stones, rather? <laughs> no, I think birds. I think they are going to throw birds at us. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're absolutely not. I am not getting in a, in a single ring. You, you can kill me. I don't even care. He's the promoter. He can't fight. Um, yeah. So, Maisel, we gotta get you to a fight. They're incredible. What? What? Of why? Why? <laughs> well, the the plan. We're gonna concentrate all the you know the seedy individuals in one area. We're gonna get information about what could have happened at the wield. What might happen next? Where Zeph's accomplices may have gone? It's a whole thing. Mm. No, I I do understand this. I understand this. When the lake freezes, all of the ice in the lake floats on the top. It is not ice from elsewhere. It is ice from the lake, but it floats to the top. <coughs> and comes together, yes? Ozias says that we do this, but instead of ice, it is persons crime. Of crime. <laughs> crime. Instead of ice, it's crime. Exactly. And they are being brought together, but they are here. They are here already. But the fights will bring them to the, the surface of the lake. Like crime ice. Like crime <laughs> ice. <laughs> Look, Maisel, you're not going to get a clearer explanation than that. I don't know. If you don't get it now. <laughs> it makes perfect sense to both Drang and Cat, and that's all that matters. Ozzy, too. Ozzy is completely yeah. on board. <laughs> crime ice. Mm. Mm. That's right. I understand like this plan. Maisel nods wholeheartedly. <laughs> So, you know, we uh, we set this up, we get some information, we see where we go from here. Mm. I must go to court, but I would taste vengeance. Think about if you go to court with the perpetrators in tow. I assume you'll get the biggest piece of cake or whatever you do there. <laughs> Drang is, is too distracted thinking about vengeance, I think. <laughs> it's, like, it's just this, idly this, nodding. This cake tastes like vengeance. <laughs> vengeance is a dish best served as cold as crime. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> okay. Um, and gourds. <laughs> uh, 
as you guys are having this, we should get <laughs> this discussion, um, again, standing just outside the inn, taking this moment to, to speak, um, Maisel, you hear a voice hollering, hollering from kind of down the road as Drang and, and Ozzy are just locked in this, like, almost, like, fugue state of just, like, passing... <laughs> Passing nonsense words. Yeah. yeah. It's like they're both having like like a stroke at the same time, just throwing vo- like weird phrases back and forth, like parroting them. Um you hear someone shouting at you from down the road, and you catch out of the corner of your eye, you see one of the uh the two legionnaires that you met at the barracks. Uh specifically the uh the human gentleman. Who's oh, uh, 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 to Fisk. Um, hey, and he's like kind of like jogging up down the thoroughfare towards you. Um, with yeah, Maisel like runs to meet him halfway to meet him halfway. Um, he kind of like stops and he says, Whew, I haven't run in a while. Um, <clears throat> Doc wants to see you. Uh, says that your friend woke up N- now. Where the um. A back of the, the infirm- infirmary. He says he's barely lucid, but he's awake. Why didn't anyone tell me earlier? I'm telling you now. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Just runs past him. <laughs> uh, it's the second right. I know where it is. <laughs> All right. And he turns and looks at you, Drang and Ozias. Are you two still... It wasn't a quiet interaction, but you saw like yeah, Drang's just <laughs> violent. Uh, Maisel, uh, where goes your? Uh, he woke. He woke up. Your friend's awake. <laughs> oh, then it seems I have pressing business. All right. Um, Will you two join us? N- no, I don't understand this guy at all. <laughs> All, all right. Uh, uh, I'm heading back to the barracks if you need anything. Your bugs are still there, but they're chewing on some of the targets. You gonna it's tell not them a no? big deal. I just figured I'd mention it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not their dad. What do you want me to do about it? <laughs> I'm just saying if they like, get sick or something, you might want to feed have... them. You, isn't the doctor there? What are you talking about? They have eaten worse. <laughs> no, I'm confused. You're confused. <laughs> Anyways, bye. And he <laughs> walks away. Uh, Perhaps then I shall go to the infirmary and you perhaps could ensure the bugs are no bad idea. No, <laughs> that was foolish. I would hate for them to eat my hand again. I Yes, as I said, it, I realized <laughs> that it was foolish. Yeah. These beautiful um, new gloves. <laughs> then we shall return to the inn once we have seen what he has to say. All right. Um, when you get back, let's discuss how much like vengeance and the biggest piece of cake, eating a dog is also a decision that we all have to make. It is. It has never. It, and Drang is walking off. It has never in five hundred years been <laughs> necessary for me to attempt to eat a dog. <laughs> right. We'll get back to it. Uh, Ozzy's gonna walk towards the end. Ozzy 
you and Zeph enter the inn. And as you step up the steps to this, like, little, like, patio balcony with, like, railing around the outside and step through the double doors into the interior of this inn, which is pretty wide and and double-storied, you enter and there is a whole little, like, dining and drinking area with a really small bar off in the corner. And there's, like, these booth tables with people sitting and chatting. Um, And you notice that upon entering, off to your right side are those three individuals in those cloaks. Cloaks now removed, set across the backs of the booth, wearing these long, uh, narrow-cut black like coats that have a golden double-breasted uh, like pattern going up the center to this like narrow collar around the neck. Their hats set on the table, and as you enter, they all look at you, and then turn back to their conversation. They continue to speak among themselves. Uh, one of them, a human with short red hair. There we go. Another, a half-elf with dirty blonde hair that's uh, kind of like shaggy and curly and messy. And the last is the woman that you heard speaking when you first arrived in town. Dark skin and hair that's extremely curly and poofy, like an afro pulled back into a little like ponytail that's like a bulb behind her head. And she's got these three white marks on the collar of her jacket that the other two do not. And then as you enter, you're greeted by the innkeeper, who is a, a dwarven woman. She says, oh, hello there. What can we do for you tonight? Um, we're going to need a room, and uh, this one's going to need a bath. I'm sure you can smell them from where you're standing. Gonna be honest, kid. Not pleasant. But we got a ro- <laughs> we got a washroom on the second floor. Get him cleaned up. She smiles and winks at him. <laughs> and she's just kind of got like red hair pulled into a ponytail. She says, "Room? Any food or drink as well, or just a room?" Uh, just the room for starters, and and the bath, you know. All right. Uh be uh, two gold pieces for just a single room tonight. We're a bit busy. So, you know, price is a little little marked up from uh, quieter days, but uh, two gold. Room for what for the two of you and uh, access to the washroom. Uh, yeah, I hand over two gold. Thank you much. And she kind of like uh, scampers over to the, the bar and reaches behind the counter and pulls out a key attached to like a wooden like plank on a, on a little string. And she hands it to you, and she says, here you go. Um, Going to be a uh, third room down on the left side when you go upstairs. And washroom's all the way at the end. Thank you kindly. You're welcome kindly. Um, yeah, I uh, turn to Zaf and say, uh, all right, you know, uh, go take care of yourself. Jeez. He just, like, <laughs> walks upstairs, just, like, shrugs. <laughs> All right, and uh, takes the key with him to let himself into the room so he can <laughs> change. <laughs> um, I would like to grab a table. Okay, you grab a table. I'm just gonna just gonna soak in the ambiance, but pay, pay uh, special attention to what the uh, the woman we saw earlier is doing. Sure, make a perception check for me. All right, Maisel, you and Drang 
are making your way through town, kind of street by street, making your way towards the the infirmary. Ozzy, result? I got a 10. 10? Um, you can't make out what they're saying. They're speaking quietly. Most of the people around you are speaking about their days pretty openly, just average conversation, nothing remarkable. You do hear one person mention something about a fight tonight um, in passing conversation, but you miss the details. Um, hmm. But you hear of it. You keep an eye on the three in the corner, though, and every once in a while, of the three of them, the woman casts a glance towards you and then back at her companions. The two of them sitting across from her at the booth, her sitting alone on the other side. Her presence kind of dominating the space. Maisel, Drang, the two of you, slightly spaced out from one another, arrive at the infirmary. Maisel, you arrive first. You enter, and standing over the cot, the doctor, the half-orc gentleman, is leaning down, speaking to the sort of obscured figure of Demita, who is now sitting up in the cot. Not moving, but propped up, not laying flat as he was before. As you kind of pause, entering, to take a breath, Drang, you arrive just a moment later, behind her. You've arrived. Uh, your friend is awake, but he's still drifting in and out of consciousness, if you'd like to speak with him. Thank you. Please. Uh, Maisel walks up and sidles around the doctor, who is much, much larger than her. Mm-hmm. Uh, right up his, to... His sleeves rolled up, and he's still got a like a hand on around Demita's, like, wrist, holding it as he is, like, watching. And Demita is propped up against the back of the bed, back of the cot. And he's got this tired look in his face, like, just sunken in eyes. His lips are a little dry. And he swallows hard, and his eyes barely open, and he sees you, and he says, Miss Fisk. It's been a while, I believe, since we spoke. Not not as long as you probably think. What? What are you feeling? Bad. (laughs) I, I... would have thought that. Where where are you feeling bad? Many places, but... And he puts his hand on his stomach and he says, Where they... They pierced me deep and cut something important. It... Hurts a great deal, but I think I will live. And the doctor just like nods as he Demita looks up at him. I suppose I've been informed I will live. This is good news. Who did this to you? He looks at you, Trang. 
did they survive? I... There was one dead. One of ours. And you hurt. I don't know who it was. They were fast. They were very skilled. It's embarrassing. I've trained my whole life to be an expert archer. I've never seen someone slice an arrow out of the air. I had hoped that the the fey warrior I had found in the weald would fare better than myself. I suppose I am foolishly optimistic in that expect- expectation. I do not know who assailed us in the weald. They were deadly. They wore a red cloak. Their face was hidden. They moved so fast. They closed the distance before I could land a shot. They buried their blade in my stomach. The figure in red. I cannot continue my journey anymore. You have to. That's... You have to. He starts like pulling at his collar and then with the assistance of the doctor, they kind of loosen the collar of his tunic a little bit and he pulls this long string with a medallion on the end of it from around his neck and sets it in front of his um, his chest. And it is like a, a bush of brambles with arrows embedded in it, passing through the brambles. He just kind of runs, runs his thumb along it and he pulls up the knot in the back and it comes undone and he sets it in his lap. Maisel Fisk, I'm going to ask you something very unfair and I must apologize for asking it. But I do not know anyone else to ask. Your friend has a duty to fill. I cannot ask it of her. But I can ask it of you. And he holds the emblem out in his hand towards you, Maisel. And he says, This pilgrimage must be made by someone of mortal ilk. It cannot be a fae. It must be a mortal. And I cannot go. And I have no one else to ask. 
it is dangerous and you may die. So this is selfish of me, but I must ask. Uh, Maisel reaches for her palm. She doesn't grab for it, but she like she lays her palm out. He tightens his hand around yours with what you can tell is all the strength he can muster. And he pulls you close and he says, Do not go anywhere near the assassin in red, Maisel. If you see them, you run. What if I can't? Uh, and I think she looks um, she looks to drain for a second and to the doctor and, and back to him. Then I can't. Life life is is hard, right? After all it it kills you, so 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 that's it then. That's it then. I think she goes sort of uh, uh, stone-faced and, and clasps the um, thing she, that she was handed and, and just, like, doesn't, like, put it around her neck, but just, like, holds it. As you finally grip it, he cups both of his hands around yours, leaning forward a little bit. The doctor kind of, like, puts his hand behind Demita's back. And Demita looks at you, his eyes tired and weathered, but they're dark brown staring into yours. And he looks at you and he says, Maisel, breathe. And he lets go. And for a moment, it's like everything goes quiet. You can see this single white thread stretching from your chest out and around the room and out the door behind you as if floating in air on a gentle breeze, just shifting, floating like a, a single thread of silk. And you see it. And as you exhale, vanishes into thin air. And he leans back into the cot. And he says, I think I should rest. My vision is getting blurry. Come say goodbye before you leave, so I do not worry. And the doctor kind of like leans forward and helps scoot him down so he's laying and puts his arm out over him, gesturing towards you too, and he says, I think that's enough for now. You can return, but he should rest. Rest well, young one. And as the two of you leave the infirmary as Ozius sits at a table in the inn listening in vain to the officers at the table across from him 
As you two step out into the cold, a gentle snowfall begins. Soft. Slow, fluffy white motes of snow drifting from the sky above, slowly turning darker as the afternoon gets later and the clouds move in to block the sun, a familiar slow snow to you, Jang. The snow begins to fall and somewhere far to the west, a figure stands on a balcony staring out over the expanse of white beneath him. Looking up into the sky as three streaks of bright blue light arc through the sky. Eyes wide with pride and accomplishment. Beneath them, a subtle, creeping, lingering fear. Edge of the World is a production of Tales from the Tabletop. Show notes, lore, fan art, and information about our other projects, including the Heart Engine role-playing system, are available on tfttpresents.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Twitch at tfttpresents. Join our Discord from the link on tfttpresents.com. This episode of Edge of the World was edited by Kathleen Childs. Our music is by Louis Zong. Our cast is Kat McDonald, Dalton Stevens, Dylan Irish, Joe Turner, and me, Bill Hinderman. Edge of the World comes out on Mondays and Thursdays, and we stream listen-alongs on Twitch on the last Friday of each month. Our full release and streaming schedule is available at tfttpresents.com. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps more than you could possibly imagine. Edge of the World is hosted on Shortwave. Thanks for listening.